Welcome, everybody. Episode 164 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. Will. Corey. No Eric today. Uh, Eric is, is going to Buffalo this weekend, so he, he took a few days off this weekend, so he had a lot of a lot of work to do this week. Um, we also are going to be covering Destiny next week. We wanted to all make sure we get plenty of time in with Destiny, so we didn't want to shortchange ourselves on the amount of time we played Destiny before we did our like review episode for it. So this week's should episode, you. No, yeah, it, it does, need, does need to be uh, played. Know, played before. We, yeah. So, and the dog is really annoying me right now. Uh, Bungie, Bungie says you have to play it a lot before you can review it. Yeah. Anyway. Which is fair. There hasn't been any official reviews up that I've seen so far. Huh. So, uh, our, but our episode t- today is going to be on Lord of the Rings games. I've been wanting to do this for a little while, and I wanted to make sure we cover these games before Shadow of Mordor comes out at the end of this month. So I figured this was a good time to do our, our Lord of the Rings games. We're going to start the beginning and cover all the Lord of the Rings games up until the most recent one, which is, I think, Le- like Lego Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit or something like that. Was the most recent one? It came out earlier this year, maybe. Yeah. So, but first, nibble bits. Will, why don't you get started with nibble bits? My first nibble bit is my first and only nibble bit is that there's a new Final Fantasy game on the App Store. Did any of you see it? No, I just yeah. heard the typing one. Yeah, Worldwide Words is the <laughs> name of it, and what you do is the words come up on the screen. You gotta type them for your guys to attack. The comments of the Destructoid article were great. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. So it's it's helping you text faster. Basically, the game features characters and enemies from the entire Final Fantasy series. So basically all the bravest, but a typing game. It sounds like it's good for children to learn to teach them how to text faster. But you know, people see Final Fantasy attached to it, and they're yeah. going to download it and be like, what the heck? Yeah. Again. Yeah, again. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that's a funny article. Check out the comments to that. Okay. I'll have to do that. Yeah. I wouldn't mind playing a typing game. That Typing of the Dead uh, game reviewed really well. People seem to really like that. I'm not familiar with it. But do you like that having zombie game? Do you oh, like having again? Final Fantasy attached to this game though? Uh, I mean, at this point I don't really care anymore. It, Final Fantasy has sullied itself enough that it might as well just be mobile garbage. That's true. That's a good point. Although I did read a lengthy article about I can't I can't remember what website it was on probably Kotaku because I read everything that goes through there but it was about how important Final Fantasy 15 is to their brand and JRPGs as a whole. I agree with yeah. that. It's uh the make or break was basically the gist of of the article, which yeah. I, I tend to agree with. You yeah, know, it's and it's been in it's been in production since 2006 or something like that. Really? Yeah, it was supposed yeah. to be. Wasn't it supposed to be like Final Fantasy 12? Two or thirteen two or thirteen yeah, three. Yeah, it was uh, thirteen versus. Yeah, versus that's thirteen. Yep, yep, that sounds right. And then they switched it over. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and uh, it was also what was it last year's E three that they showed it that everyone went gaga over it, and it looked looks really good, like more actiony type of combat, a neat neat seeming world. 
I don't um, recall seeing anything from it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't I, exist. Yeah, it, yeah. Watch the E3 trailer. I think it was from E3 last year. It was either um, E3 or the Sony announcing of their console. Yeah. Um, Are you sure that wasn't the tech demo that they showed? No, oh. it was. It was actual the actual game Final Fantasy 15, and it looks oh, awesome. Yeah. There it is, 2013 trailer. Yeah. Um. Okay. Any other nibble bits? Well, nope. well, that was your okay, Corey. What do you got for us? Uh, so, unfortunately, I didn't prepare my nibble bits like I normally do, so I literally, I'm just looking at the article right now and reading, uh, what's, what's said in the article, but apparently, uh, a bunch of Japanese streamers have been revealing the Smash Bros. roster unlockable characters, uh, in the last couple of days, and, and it shows all the ones we sort of expected, like Falco, and, uh, in addition to some other ones, uh, let me just read here quick, Hunt Dog, Shulk we knew, Bowser Jr., um... Pretty, Will, do you know anything about these? Did you read about it? I read about it, yeah. It pretty much confirmed the leak roster oh, uh, from, I don't know, a few weeks ago. Yeah. That I talked about that. The first, I think oh, it was okay. on our first Fall Games preview episode yeah. I talked about it. Yeah, we, we we weren't sure if that was a, a legitimate leak or if it was fake. And yeah, I seem to think it was a real a real leak. Yeah. I yeah. did After Shulk was announced, I kind of figured it was a legitimate leak. And yeah. people were actually fired over that one. Yeah. So... Yeah, that, that pretty much confirmed it, seeing the uh, the streamer show off gameplay. Yes. Um, I could. I guess I could read the unlockable characters, but that's kind of a spoiler, right? So I won't do that. I'll yeah. just, if you really care, you'll find it easy on the internet. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> apparently Nintendo is making a NES, uh, 3DS, NES-branded 3DS XL. Uh, it's exclusive to GameStop. It actually looks really cool, but unfortunately, I don't really know who would go out and buy this after the announcement of the new 3DS XL. I was wondering or that myself. Yes, I'm sorry. I was wondering that myself. Uh, I, I mean, they'll sell, I'm sure. Uh, the Persona, could, the Persona Q one looks really nice too, and so they they had Smash Brothers ones. They all yeah. look really nice. And I think this is a great move by GameStop. Honestly, like this licensed exclusive content yeah is is a really good move like they local when they localized uh xenoblade chronicles i yeah. think that's that's really good for their their business yeah well i wonder if they knew that the new 3ds would be announced yeah i don't know it's it does seem partnership it does seem like strange timing you'd yeah. think they'd have announced those and and started selling some of those first but then at the same time you run the risk of of pissing off your customer base like oh i just bought this new and now you're announcing the the new new whatever they call it new 3ds right. and new 3ds I, XL. Nintendo needs to work on their naming of things. Oh, yes, it's terrible. They do. I don't it's know. It's not lost in translation. It's just terrible. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, we've discussed that before with the whole Wii U situation. That would be a very awkward or difficult phone call for if GameStop didn't know they were going to announce the new 3ds, and then once <laughs> GameStop found out they did, just like, yeah, really. Really? I think at the same time though that like they probably won't release it in North America until May. Next you know, year, yeah, late, I would say late early. late spring. Yeah. So it's it's going to be a while still, I think. I think they're just coming out in Japan like in the holiday, right? Holiday holiday time. Yeah. Or maybe er, maybe right. early next year. I know holidays are different over there, but Okay. Anything else, Corey? Got a couple more here. Uh Mojang's notch will likely leave um, Mojang, if if the Microsoft rumored Microsoft buyout actually happens, um, I don't think anybody's anybody's really surprised about that. He's pretty vocal against Microsoft, right? Through through much of his yeah his tenure. He or am I confusing him with uh, Steam guy there, Gabe? No, Gabe and 
Well, I, I mean, Gabe has been against Microsoft for a while, but... I know on Notch's Twitter, somebody uh, found a tweet that he said, was, I'm trying to be excited about the Xbox One, and it's not working. So, uh-huh. yeah. Mm. I just apparently, think that, that whole thing is kind of weird. Well, go ahead, Corey. Finish your, your I story. was just going to say, apparently the, the deal is in excess of $2 billion, uh, which is insane. I feel... I, that sounds like a bad deal to me. I don't know what else Mojang is working on or doing. I can't imagine Minecraft has too much more legs. Dan, don't say that. Why? You have no idea. No, I know. It, it, it's it's sold well, but doesn't everyone? Pretty much everyone that's wanted my it's on everything now. Anyone that's wanted Minecraft has Minecraft. I don't know, man. The power of that game. No, I know, but like, how many more people are going <laughs> to buy it? That's a good question, Dan. Like, I'm kind of with you. Like, if they're buying Mojang for for talent or whatever, I don't think that's the best idea. But if they think they can recoup those costs with whatever little legs Minecraft has left, then I guess it's good. But I, I don't know. I haven't seen those those numbers to determine that. Or are they working on something else that we're not aware of that they think is going to be big? Well, they have really, to be, right? Really could be. What else have they done? Do we know? We have to know this. Didn't I, they do like a? Didn't they have a game called Scrolls or something like that? Wasn't that them? I think. No, yeah, I think that was that Mojang. Maybe it was Mojang. Because I know there was a lawsuit between them and Bethesda. I think it was Mojang that did Scrolls. Yeah, so it's announced but not released. It's a tactical RPG, Scrolls. Uh, they also have Cobalt, which is an action side-scroller to be announced. Um, and then some mini-games. Catacomb Snatch. I don't know anything about that. It's a shoot-em-up. Uh, Endless Nuclear Kittens is an action. Nuclear Pizza War, shoot-em-up. Battle Frogs, side-scroller. Huh. But that's it. That's all Wikipedia says anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just thought that was that was interesting. That's a lot of money too. Two billion dollars. Uh, Oculus was bought for two billion dollars. Oh, you know what they're working on? What's that? Is that space sandbox game, the Zero X Ten C? Oh, gotcha. So maybe they're maybe they're banking on that being the next Minecraft. Yeah, I don't know anything about that, but uh, that was kind of a big deal when that whole announcement happened. Yeah. All right. So we we will see. Uh, moving along, Square Enix will stream Final Fantasy games to smartphones in Japan. Again, I didn't pull out all the deal terms. Uh, I ended up concluding that it wasn't a very good deal. Um, it was... Okay, yeah, here we go. For example, this is from Kotaku. Streaming Final Fantasy 13 for three days is about $2.35 US dollars plus tax. Um 10 days of Final Fantasy 13 is $4.70, 30 days is 11.75 and a year is 16.92 and that's just Final Fantasy 13. Uh, I kind of wish they would go the route of all these other subscription services and just make it, you know, you pay $15 a month for unlimited access to these games. Yeah. Old games, mind yep. you. Yeah. And you know, you can get that on last gen systems for I I don't think it's on PC yet, but you can get it on last gen systems used for probably like 20 bucks. And own it. Or less. I mean, when Gamefly has their blowout sales, like yeah. I could see that one being a 999 or Final yeah. Fantasy 13. Um, and my last nibble bit League of Legends is completely rebooting its lore. I guess things got pretty contrived and pretty crazy that they're just going to go ahead and, and rip it out and start all over, which, which is cool. Yeah, I like that. I'm okay with that. If it's not working, it's better to blow it up and start over than to try and patch it and maybe make it worse. Sure is. We don't. Unfortunately, we don't have any League of Legends. We don't have a resident League of League of Legender, so we can't really. Tito. T 
Tito's the the one that plays lots of league. All right, yeah. Tito, let us know what you think. Yeah. Okay. Anything else, Corey? That's it. Sounds good. Uh, Ubisoft has announced Watch Dogs for the Wii U will launch on November 18th alongside... Uh, this is a b- brilliant move by by Ubisoft. Alongside Far Cry 4, Little Big Planet 3, Dragon Age Inquisition, and Project Cars, as well as last-gen versions of Shadow of Mordor. Now, they're going to launch uh, Watch Dogs for the Wii U on, on the same day, and then they'll complain that it doesn't sell very well. <laughs> yep. You know, I don't I don't understand where the thought process was on that one. Well, we put it on the Wii U. Yeah. My my guess uh is that once once they're they probably had a magic number like an install base and they're like, "All right, now that it hit this after Mario Kart, like it makes financial sense for us to to sell Watch Dogs." Yeah. I but just I, I just don't like the release date. When was you, the release date? November 18th. The same day as... <laughs> same day as Far Cry 4, Little Big Planet 3, Dragon Age Inquisition, Project Cars, and the last-gen versions of Shadow of Mordor. Hey, if all you have is a Wii U. Right, but I, I, <laughs> I, I feel like the majority probably oh, yeah, don't only no. own a Wii U. All of us own a Wii U, as well as multiple other systems. I mean, we're in the in the, uh, in the game in, in, in the game in business, but, you know. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on. Next-gen versions of The Walking Dead and Wolf Among Us are hitting shelves, which means physical copies, in October and November, respectively. Oh. So that's good. Yeah. I think I saw the price was only going to be about 30 bucks. I don't know if that's for both seasons together or if it's just one season. Is The Wolf Among Us in season two, or is that just the full season just finished? Just, just one. the first full. Yeah. Okay, so so maybe it was just the first seasons of The Walking Dead and The Wolf Among Us for 30 bucks. But, you know, physical copy, you can't go wrong with that. Which, uh, speaking of Wolf Among Us, while we're on topic, because it probably won't come up again, uh, I am planning on streaming possibly tomorrow night and Saturday brunch time. Uh, I want to try and get through Divinity, and if I do do that, I'm going to start uh, Wolf Among Us stream. So nice. stay tuned for that if you're interested. Yeah, i got to start streaming more, actually. I've been meaning to. I have I have time now, so. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. So yeah, pay attention to, to, the, to the stream and... Corey will be streaming. Uh, how was your week, Corey? Weeks? Yeah, weeks. <laughs> uh, busy, very busy. I, I don't, I don't have a specific story I can pull out and and share with you guys, but I've I've been all over the place: weddings, funerals, all that crazy life stuff that that happens. Uh, so nothing, nothing crazy to report. I, I did want to uh, give a shout out to my Newark Valley peeps. Uh, when I stayed up there, I had a great time. Uh, probably one of the better times I've I've had in in a while by going to the forget the name of it now. Will maybe you'll remember, but the farmhouse brewery in Owego. Oh man, what's it called? I can't remember. Is it just called the farmhouse brewery? I don't think so. It could be. I don't know, but it's new. It's in Owego. Um, they just opened on. They're called farm breweries. It's a lot to explain right now, but I won't get into it. But uh, went there and sampled all, all their beers, uh, which was interesting for somewhere like Owego, which normally doesn't have those kind of things. Um, and then went to the Newark Valley Depot, not the Depot Days, but the the train station there for uh, maybe it is is it Depot Days? Will the the performance by the Irish Stoutman? Man, I live there and I have no idea. 
Yeah, you would you wouldn't know. No, I have no <laughs> you're idea. Not, you're not big into community. <laughs> Newark Valley community. That, that's an understatement. But anyway, our town is a population of what, like eleven hundred, twelve hundred? Yeah, around that. Our home our hometown. Small. Um very small and it was a Irish folk band that performed at our our very historic train station there and uh I was probably the youngest person there by about twenty years. Um <laughs> At least youngest, on average, by about 20 years. The, the average age was probably about 20, 30 years older than me. Uh, but it was great. It was a lot of fun. I had some beer in my belly um, and and just had a really relaxing and, and fun night. So Nice. I did want to shout out Tioga County. Word. Can't, can't go wrong. Well, yeah, you can't go wrong with Tioga County. But. Represent. It, ha- it has its bright moments, you know? Yeah, if you just take advantage of them. Right. Okay. What about you, Will? What do you got? I've been playing a lot of video games. Nice. I've been playing, uh, as you know, Destiny came out, NHL 15 came out, I've been playing Diablo 2 and 3. Boy, just a lot of video games. I'm going to a concert tomorrow, too, which would be fun. Who are you going to nice. see? Uh, just a, lot, a bunch of bands that I like in Syracuse, so, with some any friends. I, any I'd be familiar with? Mm, no, not at all. I saw a few of them at Warp Tour, so, you know, when I saw them playing, I was like, oh, they're all really good, so I decided to go. So, yeah, that's exciting. Other than that, I've just been playing a lot of video games, which has been nice, but time to get a job. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to try and get the new iPhone, too. I should mention that. Uh, I, have, oh, yeah. I have an upgrade, and I need the 128 gigabyte because I have the 32 gigabyte now for the 5S, and I have no space left. Like, I can't even save a picture. And I don't want to have to worry about space again. How do you fill it up so much? I think I have 28 gigabytes of music. Wow. Yeah. You you, you actually have music on your phone? Yeah. You don't stream it from Spotify? No. I don't like that at oh. all. Okay. And also, I can't do it through the cloud because then it uses you know data and battery, and the 5S is horrid with battery. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That's it for me. Sounds good. Uh, the only thing I had, I, well, I had a birthday yesterday turned 31 happy birthday thank you uh uh-oh oh Corey. oh well anyway i will continue yeah we'll get him back um yeah i had a birthday yesterday i was uneventful i always have my wife make me lasagna on my birthday so that's what i did uh just you know relax kind of hung out hung out yeah um and then today just I don't know for whatever reason. I guess I I wanted to try the the Little Caesars um, pretzel pizza. Pretzel pizza. How was that? It was good. Um, it doesn't uh, surprise surprise. It doesn't look like it does on the commercial. Nope. <laughs> um, it's kind of gross looking, but it it tastes good. It, instead of having like the red sauce, it has like a cheese cheddar cheese sauce. Really. Uh, and then the crust does taste like an actual pretzel. It's 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 pretty good. Surprisingly. Really? Uh, it didn't make me feel as sick as, as Little Caesars pizza usually makes me feel, but... That sick feeling you get yeah. after you eat a full pizza. Yep, because I ate most of it. I shared a piece with with my son, but... Nice. Um, Sorry, I dropped it out there, guys. I don't know I don't know what happened, but uh, what's this about a pretzel pizza? Yeah, I tried the new Little Caesars pretzel pizza. Oh, that sounds good. It was, it was okay. Uh, I was t- saying to Will that uh, it doesn't look like it does on the pictures... It's kind of gross looking, but it ta- it tastes tastes good. It's a good it's a good pie. I mean, not compared to like a uh, Italian restaurant pizza, but for yeah. for mass produced uh, 
you know, gross pizza. It's it's not not too shabby. I would, I'd take so, it. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to try it. Mm. So that's all I had going. Shall we get started? I'm sure. Let's go for it. Covering Lord of the Rings games. So yeah, we we can't. We kind of divided these up because there's there's a lot. What was there? Thirty something, Corey. Yeah, thirty. Yeah, thirty. I think thirty something. Uh, I mean, some of them were expansions that that will. I think we'll get a bunch of expansions. Ninety percent of it. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, like I said, I wanted to cover these games because Shadow of Mordor is coming out pretty soon, and I wanted to go back and and remember some of the older games, and also like discover some that seem really neat. Uh, the first one being. And the I, the one I thought was actually the neatest uh, from 1982. It was the Hobbit. It came out for Commodore 64, Apple II, uh, among uh, among many others. It was an early multi-platform game, you know, on different computer platforms. I guess back when there was a lot of them. It was developed by Beam Software uh, and published by Melbourne House. It's a text adventure with pictures to help uh, set the mood. Uh, a copy of the book also came with the game, which I thought was neat and probably a good idea. They had a, uh, the relationship, I guess, with the with the publisher of the book. Uh, it used an advanced text recognition system called English, spelled with an I, which allowed for more sophisticated commands. Um, in the article I was reading about it, they said, uh, they, for an example, they used, like, you know, you wanted to attack an orc. Well, in or- old text adventure games, you would just type attack, attack orc. On this one, you could say "viciously attack orc," Ooh. and it would add a, like a vicious attack, like a, a like a stronger attack than a normal attack. Um, you know, that's just an example, but it allowed for more sophisticated commands that that the the system could actually like figure out and and you know, impl- impl- yeah, exactly, and implement into the game. So I thought that was cool. Uh, it was also in real time. So if you was just sitting there and not doing anything in the game, time would pass in the game. Events would transpire without your input. Uh, so, you know, if you're just sitting there and maybe in danger, you'd still be being attacked by someone and, and, and you'd get killed or, uh, you know, different NPCs in the world would, would end up getting captured or killed or whatever. Um, you had to actually use the command pause to, to pause the game. Whereas in normal, regular text adventures, you know, they just, if you don't input anything, they don't do anything. So, mm-hmm. uh, that was really cool. The M- NPCs in the game also had their own. Uh, motivations and loyalties that resulted in unpredictable behavior. So, like, you know, Gandalf would randomly roam around the world in different different places, and you might run into him here, might run into him there, uh, not based on what happened in the actual book, you know? Like, you could run into him, uh, you know, in the the elven kingdom in in the woods, you know? Uh, just because just because all the all the NPCs in the game had their own their own things that they did, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was cool. They 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 fight each other without without your knowledge. You know, somewhere else in the game, um, it, it was an early version of emergent narrative, kind of because every time you played the game, it would be slightly different because because things happened in the background of the game that you know that changed like later pers- you know later things that happened in the game you know different characters getting captured or killed or and yeah. it, would, it would be different every time you played through it that's pretty um, cool yeah especially for you know 1982 like, exactly. <laughs> a text adventure i thought that was awesome um actually i i, I think this is a game that would do it would be cool to play on like a mobile device don't you if they if they remade this game and and put it on mobile yeah yeah it's something i would actually play uh yeah, because of the complexity in systems and differences of play, uh, the game would come across, or the player would come across in The Hobbit, cited as one of the earliest examples of emergent narrative. So, that's The Hobbit for 
old computers. And again, I, I, I would love to play that. I think it would be sweet mm-hmm. to just to have random events happen. This I'm is... watching the video of it right now, Dan. It looks pretty cool. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it looks, it looks dated, but oh, it, yeah. it's, it's it, like classic kind of, you know? Yeah. Mm. Timeless. Yeah. It was very highly reviewed. It sold. Some people have said a million copies, but, uh, Analysts seem to think it was close to 500,000, which back then was a ton. So that was also cool. Uh, moving on, 1985, Lord of the Rings Game 1, developed by Beam Software and developed by Melbourne House for Commodore 64, Apple II, and Apple Mac. Uh, also DOS. It was similar to The Hobbit, but not as well received uh, due to the lack of complex free-roaming AI. So this was The Hobbit, but without all the the neat things and the complex artificial intelligence in it. So it felt a little more stale and and dull than the previous one. It also wasn't in real time and lacked coherent solutions to puzzles. So Lord of the Rings Game 1 was not as well received as The Hobbit was. Uh, 1987, Shadows of Mordor. Shadows. Shadow Uh, of Mordor is the one that's coming out. So they had to get the name name right developed by beam software and published by melbourne house for commodore 64 spectrum 48k and 128k and amstrad cpc uh it's in the same series as the hobbit and lord of the rings game one follows the events of sam and frodo in mordor with Gollum as an npc uh it's considered an improvement or over lord of the rings game one but still lagging behind the hobbit so five years later they still weren't able to top the hobbit in, in lord of the rings games uh and same developer and publisher 1988, War in Middle-Earth for DOS, Commodore 64, Amiga, and Atari ST, developed and published by Melbourne House. Uh, It was a real-time strategy game. It combined large-scale battles and also smaller-scale, more personal battles. Uh, Critics praised it for its portrayal of the story, but didn't didn't like the repetitive nature of it and lack of any meaningful strategy. I guess if you kind of followed the the events in the books in this one, you you would get through it. Um, that also, I, I looked up some screenshots of that. That also looks looks kind of neat. They actually, actually, the graphics don't look too bad for 1988. You know, yeah. Um, kind of limited with the, what they were working with, but it, it looked neat. Um, and you know, kind of an early early strategy game. 1989, The Crack of Doom for Apple II, Commodore 64, and DOS. Developed by Beam Software and published by Melbourne House. Oh, it's also from Macintosh. Uh, it's the finale of the Melbourne House series of Lord of the Rings. Uh, it's not a lot of there's not a lot of info on this one. I couldn't not find information on it. But it's Frodo and Sam's final mission to destroy the ring. So that was kind of the last in their in their Did games. A full game out of that? Yeah. Wow. Apparently. But there just was not a lot of information on the crack of doom. It must not have sold very well. I think people were kind of getting tired of the of the series at that point, and and none of the games had lived up to the Hobbit, so. And it, it's kind of funny to re- remember or imagine a time where Lord of the Rings wasn't mainstream. Right? I know, yeah, because well, they talked about that in the you know in the articles that I read that uh, the video game revival happened when the movies the movies came out in the early two thousands. Yeah. So yeah, it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't as popular as it is now, you know. Uh, 1990, Lord of the Rings Volume 1, Amiga, IBM PC, or for Amiga and IBM PC, developed and published by Interplay. Uh, This is the first of the Lord of the Rings games I actually played, uh, though on a different system, which I'll get to in a minute. It's an RPG where the player takes control of Frodo right right out of Bag End. Uh, It generally followed the storyline of the books, 
uh, but the player was allowed to freely roam the game and, and uh, you know, go back and visit areas you'd already been to. Uh, there was some straying from the book, however. Uh, at the end of the game, I guess, Frodo and Sam get captured by Nazgul and taken to the fortress of Dol Guldur, and uh, the rest of the party has to rescue them. That obviously didn't happen in the books. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, and I hate when, when, when that happens. I think that's annoying. Yeah, but... Because it followed the story for the entire game. Yeah, pretty much. That part. There was, there was another quest in it, too. Oh, uh, Frodo. I I don't know if it's just Frodo and Sam or Frodo and the Hobbits have to get the shards of Andurul. Andurul. Uh, Aragorn's sword. That's that's one of the missions in, in that game. Obviously, that doesn't happen in the books either. Man. Aragorn has all the shards. Shards of Narsal. That's what I'm looking for. Shards of Narsal. So. Uh, 1991, Riders of Rohan for IBM... PC and DOS, IBM PC and DOS, developed by Beam Software and published by Konami. Uh, similar to War in Middle Earth from 1988, but more focused solely on the Rohirrim. So it had the large scale, small scale battles, but it was all all the events of the two towers when uh, you know the the riders of Rohan and the country of Rohan were were taken on uh, Is- Isengard and Sauron. So that was uh, 1991. 1992, Lord of the Rings Volume Two for DOS. Developed and published by Interplay. It's a continuation uh, and similar to the first game, except it, it it's an adaptation of The Two Towers. begins just outside of Fangorn Forest. Uh, split, also splits up the journey between different characters, like like what happens in The in the Two Towers. Uh, the third part of the series in this, in, in this series was canceled due to lack of interest, I guess. Maybe lack of funds, but they, they never ended up completing the whole, the whole trilogy, so... And then uh, 1994, Lord of the Rings Volume 1 for Super Nintendo. And this is the one that I played. It had come out, I think, 1990. Uh, it came out on, on computers, uh, developed and published by Interplay. Um, I rented this at the local video rental place, Video King. Uh, I think several times even, and I might have even rented it back-to-back so I could continue my, my story. But I have never ended up getting very far. I got stuck somewhere in the old forest, and I could not figure out what to do. And that was pre-internet. Uh, I couldn't go on the internet and look up uh, a guide on what to do next, so I just kind of gave up. Stopped. Yeah, which is unfortunate because I, I remember like kind of enjoying it. Um, I was into Lord of the Rings even back then. I was what eleven, I guess, when that came out. I probably played it a little later than that, but um, yeah, I mean, it was it was good stuff. Can't complain about it. I don't remember it very well, but I remember it being fine. Mm-hmm. I think I was surprised to see a Lord of the Rings game. Um, because, like Corey said, it wasn't it wasn't uh, part of the culture at that point. You know, it was. I mean, it was, but it was more. It, it was for nerds. Yeah, <laughs> back then. You know, now it's more more well known. It was it was only for nerds back then. So. Yeah. Yep. So that was that was my my games. Who's next? It's me. It's me. Corey, what do you got for us? Dan, I don't know what's going on, but the Skype is uh, very jarbly. I don't know if you guys have something you're running over there or what. I don't know. It, it's unlike uh, our normal issues with, with Skype, so I don't know. Maybe it's just something weird's going on today. Okay. But just, just a heads up. Um, all right, so I took started in 2002 with Lord of the Rings The Two Towers. I don't remember these games at all. I do. I remember that I played all of them, but none of them were I don't good enough to stand out. They all okay. kind of they all kind of clump together. Yeah, this is the kind of game I don't really like. Right. Um, so this one came out in 2002, uh, published by EA. 
for the PS2, Xbox, GameCube, and there was a Game Boy Advance version. It's another, just like the the prior game, action hack and slash, uh, based on the films. And the player controls Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas through a series of missions inspired by the films. Now, it's interesting because at this point, Dan, I don't know if you addressed this, so you might have jarbled out when if you did, but uh, at this point, EA had the license to develop games based on the films only. Um, whereas Sierra, who was the other publisher of the t- at the time making Lord of the Rings games, had the license to develop games based on the books. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> so their games were a little bit different, but we'll, we'll get to that a little bit more. But this is EA with the license for the film, so everything they had, everything they did, had to be drawn from the films. Um. Yeah, like I was saying, it was pretty much your your cookie cutter. Uh, action adventure cut through enemies kill boss at the end levels uh this one was received fairly well had an 80 average on metacritic but the consensus that that i found anyway was that it was solid mechanically and a whole lot of fun but uh nothing really stand out no i I Um, i only remember little bits and pieces of it i mean there's something to be said for those kind of games sometimes you just want to tune out and have some fun yeah chop chop stuff up uh, moving along, Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, the finale to this this series. 2003, also developed by EA uh, for Windows, PS2, Xbox, GameCube, and Mac. Uh, also a third-person hack-and-slash based on the film, similar to the previous two games, but apparently this one added multiple storylines and uh, more playable characters. Um, also had a two-player co-op mode for some missions. The levels were apparently much larger and allowed for a lot more interaction in the environment, like operating catapults and, and those kind of things. Um, so, uh, essentially, just a shiny, newest, latest, best version of the last of the series. Yeah, you know, I remember this games. one. Yeah, I play. I played it, but again, I, like don't, I, I don't remember anything about it really. I did. I was yeah. like in first grade or something like that, though. I'm sure I played it. You know, I just we, well, we had I it. I think I had it for Xbox. Yeah. What what year did it come out? 2003. Yeah, I think I, I I had an Xbox at that point, so I probably had it for Xbox. I'm sure yeah. I did. Um, so this game sounds cool. This is the Lord of the Rings War of the Ring. Came out in 2003, developed by Liquid Entertainment, who made ba- Battle Realms. Are you guys familiar with Battle Realms? I've heard of it. Apparently, I never had heard of it either, but I looked it up. It's a pretty well-respected modern-day real-time strategy That game that came out in 2001 uh, for PC. Um uh, Oh, no. Oh. Apparently, a it p- played a lot like Warcraft 3 uh, in terms of layout and the ability to control heroes that have special abilities um, and with a, with a lot of Battle Realms influence. That's why I brought that up before. But I didn't play Battle Realms, so that doesn't do anything for me. But it was based more on the universe created by Tolkien rather than the films. Um, it had a good and evil campaign where the player fights for the, the War of the Ring from both sides, uh, which are the, the Free Peoples and the Minions of Sauron. But it doesn't focus on the huge battles, but uh, instead on the smaller scenarios based on Tolkien's writings, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. But it, it takes some liberties along the way. So that would kind of throw me off. Like, if I'm playing a game focused on scenarios and Tolkien's writings, I would want to trust that they were as accurate as could be within the constraints of a video game Yeah, um, without those liberties. But overall, the game sounded pretty cool. There's there's something called Fate Points, which you can earn through combat to summon more heroes and purchase special abilities and sort of like experience in an, in an RTS. What was the name um, of that one again? Lord of the Rings, War of the Ring. War of the Ring. I, I think I played that. 
Yeah, maybe. I might have played it. I honestly don't know. That This is the black hole in my life where I was napping for six <laughs> right. hours every day. Right. Uh, you could also control and fight over what were called places of power, which are monuments that could switch sides, and they provide combat bonuses to your units. There was an, a multiplayer mode, but unfortunately reviewed just average, 67 on Metacritic. Um, and the consensus was that it was a good casual real-time strategy, but not deep or complex enough for those looking for something meaty, which if I'm playing one of those games, I kind of want something a little bit meaty. Yeah. Moving along, The Hobbit came out in 2003, also published by Sierra, developed by Midway Austin uh, for Windows, PS2, Xbox, and GameCube. It was a 3D platformer with some puzzles along the way. It was based on the book The Hobbit, and the player controlled Bilbo through his entire adventure. Um, it's it's split into chapters, which I think these are the chapters in the book, like Roast Mutton and Barrels Out of Bond. Those are the names of the chapters in the book, right? Yeah. Um, I think which I've... are, you know, if you're familiar with The Hobbit at all or have at least seen the, the recent Hobbit movies, you know what those yeah. those chapters are referencing. But it did have some light RPG elements like character upgrades, optional quests to do along the way. And there was a Game Boy Advance version that was in 2D, uh, but this game was not well-received overall. Either yeah. 60 average on Metacritic. I played that. I had that for GameCube and didn't like it very much. You didn't care for it? No. I, I don't remember that much about it, but I rem- remember not liking it very much. Uh, okay, so this one, I think, is this the one that I'm really, I thought was the most interesting? Yeah, I, I kind of like this one. Uh, Lord of the Rings, The Third Age. You guys, did you play that one? No, but I I know, I know of it. Nope. This one came out in 2004, published by EA, developed by EA for the PS2, Xbox, and GameCube. It was an RPG that centered around the character Barathor, who is a captain of the guard from Gondor who heads to Rivendell to find Boromir uh, and, you know, his adventures along the way. Um, but the story is entirely original, but... Unfortunately, that was the worst part about it because that was what everybody thought was the weak part of the game. But as I was saying before, like at this point, EA still only had rights to the films, to develop games based on the films. So all the characters in this game were based on minor characters and extras from the movies, oh. which I think, is, I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't really work out. And uh, that's what people said was the worst part about it. But overall, it got a 74 on Metacritic. So can't be that bad. Yeah. Uh, it did kind of intrigue me. Moving along, also 2004, Lord of the Rings, The Third Age, developed by Grip Tonight Games. Uh, it was a Game Boy Advance game published by EA. It's a turn-based tactics game that allows players to pick a commander uh, from the good side or the evil side. And uh, there are just several different options within that to begin a campaign from their perspective. Uh, I, I should have listed some of the characters you could pick from, but I didn't. Uh, kind of sounded to me like a Final Fantasy Tactics or a Fire Emblem, where the heroes fight alongside one another, and you, you find people along the way, and people leave your party and stay with your party. And, and just like Fire Emblem, um, there was a mode, uh, Sauron mode, which made it so once a character died, you lost them for good. Huh. Um, which I forget what that mode is called in Fire Emblem. but It's like hardcore mode or something like that. Yeah, um, had uh, your usual RPG equipment and skill upgrades, uh, but again, another average reviewed game, 67 on Metacritic. I, I, I was kind of intrigued by this. Any of those ta- turn-based tactical RPGs, uh, I'm always all ears for those, so maybe I'll maybe I'll try and play this somehow. Yeah, underutilized genre. 
Yeah, it really is. I think it's, it's so it's, hard to do well. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's coming back a little bit with with like the Banner Saga and uh, um, what's the, uh, the massive cha- massive chalice, Disgaea. Yeah. Um. Okay. Two thousand four, Lord of the Rings: The Battle for Middle Earth. Uh, this was developed by EALA, formerly DreamWorks and Interactive, who will made the first Medal of Honor game. Oh yeah, Medal of Honor Allied Assault. Uh, for Windows. Uh, and this was a real-time strategy based on the film trilogy that uses the same engine as the Command & Conquer Generals game, which I think we all played, yep. or at least Dan and I, yep. um, which EA LA also developed. The mechanics were pretty standard for an RTS, gather resources, build armies, fight, uh, the rock, paper, scissors system of attack, advantages. In this game, it's pikemen beat cavalry, swordsmen beat pikemen, archers beat swordsmen, etc., uh, which is pretty standard in, in these real-time strategy games. Uh, units also have purchasable upgrades. Uh, they're hero units, all that good stuff. Once again, the campaigns are good and evil. You choose one and play through it. Um, but sadly, the servers for this game were shut down at the end of 2010 when EA Games' license to develop uh, Lord of the Rings games expired. Yeah. Hard, so a, hard to find a, nowadays, too. Oh, is it? Yeah, these games are extremely expensive on Amazon, and there's no no digital versions anywhere. Wow, so it's like a collectible. Yeah, I want to say like the original. If you buy just the game, it's like 150 bucks. Do you, doesn't doesn't does Will? Do you have it? I used to. I don't know where it is now. Yeah, because you played that a lot, didn't you? Yeah, I did play it a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I think I bought it way back in the day. Or did you buy it? I don't think I had the money to buy it. Right. Yeah, because that would have been. What two thousand? Did you say two thousand five? Two thousand four. Four. Yeah. I was yeah. youngin. Um, but that one reviewed pretty well, eighty two average on Metacritic. Uh, but again, the consensus was that it was a very shiny, well put together game, but overall not very deep. Right. Um, Lord of the Rings Tactics was a two thousand five game developed by Amaze and published by EA for the PSP. Uh, all I have for that was that it was a tactical RPG based on the film trilogy. I must have forgot to flesh that out a little bit, so I apologize if, if you're looking forward to hearing about that game. Huh. Okay. But that brings us to 2006, Lord of the Rings, The Battle for Middle-Earth 2, which is another EALA-developed game. Uh, so EA finally got the gaming rights based on the books at this point in 2006. Um... That doesn't really influence the game at all, but I just wanted to bring that up as an aside. Um, unlike the first Battle for Middle-Earth, players could build structures anywhere on the map, was opposed to the first one, there were like set places where you could build structures. So this opened it up a little bit, um, and it reviewed about an 80 average across its platforms. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, it was yeah. on like Xbox and PS3 as well as PC, I think. Right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Windows, Xbox. Uh, just Windows and Xbox. Okay. Um, and then the expansion came out in 2006, which was Lord of the Rings, The Battle for Middle-Earth 2, The Rise of the Witch King. And that's all I got. Yeah. Uh, again, that's another one that if you look it up on Amazon, I think you can get the chest with all the with Battle for Middle-Earth 2 and all the expansions for like 300 bucks. It's insane. Insanely expensive. I, I would play these games right now if I could buy them digitally and, and play them. You know, I looked on GOG. I looked on Origin. 
Steam doesn't have them. I don't think you can't download them from Amazon. I think you have to get the actual hard copy of those games to be able to play them. I, it'd probably be cheaper on Xbox if you could find it for Xbox. Three. It'd be Xbox, right, or Xbox 360? 360, if it's 2006. Yeah, 360. Good stuff, though. I wish I wish they'd put those on Steam or something, you know? It has something to do with the, the license expiring. Yeah, I'm sure EA, it does. So. Okay. All, all the games are probably not purchased at, you know, retail. It's probably, like, second. Yeah, secondhand, yep. Yeah. You know, someone, someone loading, knowing they're rare and loading them up on... Uh, on Amazon. Okay. Will. My turn. Yeah. All right. The first game I had is Lord of the Rings Online. It came out April 24th of 2007. Uh, it was developed by Turbine Incorporated and published by Turbine Incorporated in uh, Midway Games. Now, I never played this, but you two I know have, oh, right? Yeah. We, I think we bought it when it came out, right? Oh, yeah. Bought it for for full price. Paid the subscription fee. Okay. For a few months. I know it's free to play now. It's free to play now. It's on Steam if you want to give it a shot. It's 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 pretty fun. Yeah. Well, it's a free free to play MMO RPG set in Middle Earth, and I didn't take too many notes about it because I haven't played it, but you guys did. So like, I know it take you can go to the different uh, uh, like areas and that like Bree and stuff like that, and just go around and it's it's like your typical MMO. Yeah, right? yeah it's it's open. It's got it's got. Uh, I mean, I've only played. I think my highest character in that's level. T- 28 or 29 uh-huh. uh, i only got as far as i got through brie and i got to right the where the area i am right now is right around weather top uh-huh. uh you can go north and south it's got actually quite a bit of the map and they're still adding more stuff all the time but oh yeah is it i'm gonna pull a name out of my butt karen dune uh i'm on sewell is the the weather top oh the the zone yeah that might be the name of the zone i don't i don't recall it's been it's been like six months, I think, since I played it. Ah, gotcha. Uh, yeah, I have it perpetually installed on my computer. Same here. Yeah. yeah, I'll fire it up every now and again and run around. Yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah. Um, you can play as a dwarf, an alpha human, or a hobbit. Hobbit, yeah, I was gonna say. Um, but there's also the monster mode, which allows you to play. That's the high level zone where you can play as a bad guy too. I don't think it's called monster mode. It has a name, but. Uh, it's, it's, that's the PVP where you, you fight, you know, high level heroes as like a, a bad guy. Okay. So yeah, it, it reviewed well. I got an 86 on Metacritic mm-hmm. too. It's so. good. It's a good game. It's, it's a it. great game and very, uh, Lord of the Rings immersive. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. going to the house of Tom Bombadil, which we didn't get to do in the films. Yep. Yeah. Well, that leads, good experience. this leads me to my next one is the first expansion. Minds of Moria came out November 18th of 2008. Basically, the Mines of Moria area was unlocked to be to be played. The region of Lorien has also been added to this one, and the level clap had been increased from 50 to 60. Added new classes such as the Runekeeper, which is a DPS or healer type uh, character, or a Warden, who was a tank. Uh, I was reading the reception for it, and they said it was very good. Uh, they did a good job to de- keeping it to detail yeah. and keeping it... True to Lord of the Rings. So. I never made it that far south uh-huh. in that game. Like I said, I only got like past Weathertop. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't go much further like north or south than that. I never made it to Rivendell or anything yeah. like that. So, what level did you your guy get to, Corey? I can't remember. I I uh, I think I I seem to remember. Oh, you know where I got to was the Dwarven City. Oh, what's that called? It's I can't it's, it's not the same as the, it's um. It's not far from where uh, where the Hobbiton is. I think it's just south of there, right? 
Oh, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I remember spending a lot of time in that zone that Dan's talking about, but I also remember doing a lot of the multiplayer. Um, like I forget what it was, what mode it was called, but it was cool where you had like bannermen and you defended a keep against attacks and stuff like that. Um, that mode is really cool. It's a good game, yeah, solid game, it's a great game. And, and again, free to play. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't start, you don't start hitting the paywall until like later on in the game, like some of the zones you do have to buy to unlock, but like, I, I, like high level 20s, which took a while to get to, and I, I never really ran into much, much paywall stuff, so it's, it's, it's not in your face about. It doesn't ruin it. No, not at all. Like, not at all. And I played it before, too, you know, when, when it wasn't free to play. Um, and it doesn't doesn't really feel all that much different so yeah it was at the old republic who the paywall is really yeah really bad yeah i thought it was was kind of bad i don't know if it's different now but yeah okay so yeah the next one is uh the lord of the rings uh conquest came out january 13th 2009 for the 360 ps3 pc nintendo 3ds it was developed by pandemic studios and published by ea so this is basically an action game that centered around the film trilogy of the Lord of the Rings. It's kind of borrows mechanics from Star Wars Battlefront because it's made by the same people. Oh, okay. So basically the player plays as either the forces of good or evil through the campaign and they do that does the typical like you choose either a warrior, a mage, a hunter or an archer, sorry, or a scout and you fight in missions and then, you know, it's like how the old games like the two towers were on um that Corey had. Mm-hmm. You basically fight through until the timer ends and then you advance to the next story mission. Hmm. And the online is it's basically how Battlefront would be. Okay. You're fighting. Was Pandemic the developer for Battlefront? Yep. Oh, okay. It was. So th- that's basically how the game worked. It didn't review very well. I got a 55 on Metacritic, Ooh. which this is more new age reviews. Like new age reviews, they give it horrible things 50s. Right. Right. Instead of, you know, worse than that. So, but uh, yeah, that's that one. So the next game is Lord of the Rings Siege of Mirkwood. This is an expansion to Lord of the Rings Online. Released December 1st, 2009, this expansion added the southern region of Mirkwood. A level cap increased to 65. In conclusion to Volume 2 of the storyline, I didn't get into the different volumes, but there are different sections of the story, and they're called volumes. Yeah, I don't know where I am in the storyline. This introduced a new skirmish uh, mode where it allowed players in a game world to battle against one another from 1, 3, 6, or 12 players. Mm -hmm. That's how that works. And some of these are cool because you can download them just off the web, like, into the game. It's cool how it works. It's not like it's just put on Steam. Right. It's like they just put it on their website. Like, ah, here you go. Download Mm -hmm. it. So the next game is Lord of the Rings Aragorn's Quest, released September 14, 2010, developed by Headstrong Games, published by Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. Uh, Warner Bros. Interactive Entertainment actually eventually got the rights to the Lord of the Rings game once EA. Oh yeah, up. well they're the they're the the publisher for Shadow of Mordor. Yep. So. so yeah, they're the new Lord of the Rings you know publisher. So this is an action game set uh, following the events of the three books. The player guides a young Hobbit around the Shire who listens to st- uh, stories by Samwise Gamgee about Aragorn, and the stories that he tells make up the game levels. And it's your uh, ordinary action game where you just fight through enemies and hack and slash and stuff like that. Uh, This game came out, this was mainly for the Wii, but it also eventually came out for other consoles, and the Wii version did not have co-op, but the other versions did, besides like the the DS version. Mm -hmm. 
But this game, you know, also didn't review very well. It got a 58. What was the name of that one? <laughs> a uh, Lord of the Rings, Aragorn's Quest for the Aragorn's Wii. Quest. Gotcha. I didn't know about this game. No, and I had I, a Wii around that time. I hadn't heard of that one either. So, yeah, some of these I was like, what, when mm-hmm. I was looking through all of them. Next one was Lord of the Rings Online Rise of Isengard, released September 27th, uh, 2011. This is the third expansion pack of the game. Uh, bring the games into the events, the story for the game, into the Two Towers era. Uh, the player accompanies the Grey Company as they ride to aid Aragorn, traveling through new areas like Dunland, the Gap of Rohan, and Isengard. Mm. The level cap got increased to 75 here. There is 75 uh, legendary weapons, like level for legendary weapons. New crafting tier, uh, 24-man raids, stat cap removal, and improved virtue traits. I don't know what the virtue traits were. I don't recall. Do you remember, Corey? Yeah, they're just, um, I think they're like feats in Dungeons and Dragons. It's just a little bonus. Oh, okay. So, okay, they they did more with that. Uh, yeah, those are the takes you to the new area areas and stuff like that. Now, the next game is a game we've talked about before, Lord of the Rings War in the North. Released November 1st of 2011, developed by Snowblind Studios and published by Warner Bros. Interactive Entertainment. An action RPG that takes place in the background during the Lord of the Rings movies. So while you're playing this game, basically the Lord of the Rings movies are happening. Uh, the story is basically you're helping out Aragorn and the the Fellowship in different missions yeah, and stuff like in, that. In, but behind the scenes. But behind the scenes. And you play, there's three characters. There's a dwarf, there's a human, and a, an elf character. The dwarf is like the heavy combat guy. The human is more of like the, kind of like a uh, uh, hunter Mm-hmm. Sort of like class, I'd describe it. And then there's the Elf Mage, and it's your hack and slash game. This game didn't review very well. I got a 62, but I liked it a lot when I played it. I know Corey liked it until the very end. War in the North? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I, I, I can't believe it got that low a score, to be honest with you. I really liked that game up until the very end. Yeah, because you, you, you hit something that shouldn't have been in the game. But no, I hit I hit uh, the glitch. Almost literally a game breaking bug. I I've talked about. I forget what episode it was on. Um, we should pull out that clip and put it on YouTube of me talking about that because I want everybody to know how much BS I had to go through to beat <laughs> that. Yeah, that's bullcrap that you yeah. had to even deal with that. It was terrible. It's, but yeah, up until that point, I I really loved that game. I had such a good time with it. Yeah, I I enjoyed it too. I played a co op too, which made it a lot more fun. Exactly, and I played it by myself, and I liked it yeah. as much as I did. And there's some cool things in there, like they call it an action RPG, and it's not very RPG. There are there are elements of RPG in the game, but they're not very deep. It's basically like you add stuff to your gear, and you like can put whatever gear you want on. There's some there's some skill stuff, right? You can pick and choose. Yeah, you pick your your abilities. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, your there's spells that you have, or attacks, or you know whatever. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, there's there are some RPG elements to this game. I, like I said, I had a lot of fun when I played it, and I felt like it didn't... It came out at a bad time. That's when, like, Skyrim came out and stuff mm. like that. Rough competition. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's... <laughs> it's going to get passed over. Yeah, definitely. But I had actually had two issues with that game. The, 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 the very beginning and the very end. The very end was the bugs I had based on my graphics card. Um, but you, it was a very common graphics card. A lot of people had the issue, so... And you There's were told that. to deal with it, basically. Yeah, but the other issue was at the very beginning, I felt like they were trying too hard to tie it into the familiar Lord of the Rings characters and stuff, but that like that quickly faded away, and they didn't really mess with that 
too much. There there were instances where you ran into the characters and stuff, but it was very well done, and it was actually kind of exciting to to run into the characters later on when you did. Yeah. So, nice. yeah. Yeah, as I said, solid game. The next game... Uh, whoops, one sec. My thing got all messed up when I scrolled. Uh, Lord of the Rings Online expansion, Riders of Rohan, released October 15th of 2012. Uh, new game enhancements, which... That's a term you're very wary of from Star Wars Galaxy. <laughs> oh, that's right. So, oh, jeez. But they included three, three words you should never utter around Dan. <laughs> yeah. New game enhancements. Combat upgrade and new game enhancements. <laughs> I immediately thought of you when I read that. But uh, there is a in- uh, uh, level cap increase again to 85 from 75. Level 85 legendary weapons. Mounted combat was included in this, too. And it was, like, the big feature. Along with six new areas, the Wald, the East Wall, the Norcrofts, the Suckcrofts, the Entwash Vale, and the Eaves of Fargorn. Fargorn? Fangorn. Fangorn. It's F-A... Maybe I misspelled it. Yeah, it's N. Yeah, okay. I probably misspelled it. I put Fargorn, but I don't know. I'm an idiot with this stuff. I don't know any (laughs) of the lore. But, uh, yeah, another expansion to this game. This game's got a lot of post-release support. Yeah. Must be doing well. It's still pretty popular. Yeah. Which is good. I should play it. You should. It's it free again. I'm always looking forward to like for a good Lord of the Rings game yeah. to play. So yeah. it's good. Uh, the next one is Guardians of Middle Earth, released December 4th for the 360 and PS3, and August 29th, 2013 for PC. Uh, developed by Monolith Produ- Productions and published by Warner Bros. Interactive Entertainment. Incorporate standard elements of a typical MOBA game with strong emphasis upon team coordination. Up to 10 players split into two teams of five from a pool of 36 Guardians from Lord of the Rings. And, like, Gandalf is in there, Sauron. All all of them are in here. Uh, from the Lotar franchise, Lord of the Rings. Battle to win matches. The main object is to destroy the other team's base, which... Basic MOBA there. I didn't... I was into MOBAs when this game came out, but now I'm a little bit interested Mm -hmm. in this one. But the uh, Metacritic for this one for the PS3 was 75. The 360 was 71. The PC was a 56, which kind of surprised me. I know it was built for console, but I can't imagine it was that hard of a port. Maybe because of the competition with Dota. That's true. Because it did come out in 2013. That's when Dota and League started to take off. Yeah. So, yeah, and this was put on a console that didn't have any MOBAs, really, that weren't big, because mm-hmm. Dota and League aren't on uh, the consoles. Next one is LEGO Lord of the Rings, uh, released November 13th, 2012, for the PC, Wii, 360, PS3, and October 30th, 2012, for the DS, 3DS, and the Vita. Developed by Traveler's Tales and published by Warner Bros. Interactive Entertainment, this game basically followed the Lord of the Rings trilog- film trilogy through all of them, and they goes through over some of the big historic battles and stuff like that, like Helm's Deep, you know. So this this is a Lego game. They're yeah. always good. Yeah. They're, they're fun. <laughs> you, they know, have, you know what you're getting. Yeah, they have the little bits of humor in there, too. So I played, I think, a third of this game. I finished the Fellowship uh, from this, and mm-hmm. it was fun. I never ended up beating it, but uh, the Metacritic for the PS3 was 82. The 360 and PC were 80. 3DS was seven, or 61, and the Vita was 54. So mm-hmm. the Vita did not do... All that well. Uh, the next one was Lord of the Rings Online Helm's Deep. Uh, it's the fifth expansion for the MMORPG. Released November 20th, 2013, and it was postponed by a few days because the uh, the there's a power outage at the place where they're making it mm. on the release date, so they couldn't put it out. Oops. But uh, basically, you know, 
ties in Helm's Deep into the story and stuff like that, opens up more areas. The level cap got increased to 95. Uh, and one of the new main features was the ability to fight for epic scale battles, such as Helm's Deep. The expansion also added modified trait trees and five uh, new zones to explore in Western Rohan. Huh. Uh, and the other one was Shadow of Mordor, but I didn't cover that because we're going to be covering it, and that's one of the games I'm trying not to get a lot of info in. Yeah, before. so you go unsurprised. Yeah, that's pretty much what I want. I've seen a few trailers, and I saw the very first gameplay video from, I don't know, early, way earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's one I'm trying to avoid. Yep, we will have an episode on that game because it's I can't wait for it, personally. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I, th- yeah. I hope, at least. I can't imagine I wouldn't like it. Yeah. I think it's done by the people who did. It's supposed to be like Bat. The combat's supposed to be like Batman. The Batman games, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. Which and their combat's always good. Yeah, it's got a little Assassin's Creed y type of stuff to it, RPG elements. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to Shadow of Mordor. So. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break and be back with uh, what what we played right after this. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 164 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. Uh, we are now in what we played. I guess I'll go first, uh, seeing as how I only played one thing other than Destiny. As I said, we'll cover Destiny in an episode next week. But I bought myself the wonderful 101 for my birthday. It's a game I've actually been wanting to try for a little while. And, and Will had it for a while and asked him if I could. Well, I asked him if he still had it, and he said no, because I was going to borrow it. But you, you traded it in earlier this year, right? Yeah, when I got strapped for cash and I needed yeah. it. I think infamous. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I bought it off of Amazon for I think it was like twenty three dollars or something. Well, that's not bad. Uh, and so far, I really like it. Um, the one, the wonderful one on one kind of presents itself as like a kids game. It's a, it's a the wonderful one on one's a collective of superheroes, and they're kind of thrust into like helping defend Earth from a, a an alien invasion. Um, and it, it plays it plays in, in some ways like Knack. Um, you know how Knack can kind of transform into things. Well, yeah. the, the collective of superheroes can can transform into into different things to use for for weapons and uh, you know to interact with the environment. So um, you know it turns into a sword or a fist for you know turning dials and punching things. Or I just unlock the ability to turn it into a gun, okay. so it fires the the individual little superheroes as as bullets. Oh, that's cool. Um, which is neat, but yeah, you're you're tasked with p- protecting the planet from an alien invasion. It, it is, like I said, presented as kind of like a cartoony kids game, but it's actually kind of complex as far as the the battling goes, um, because I, like I said, you have multiple transformations and you have to rapidly switch back and forth between those those um, different transformations. I've only unlocked three of them. I think there's a bunch more, um, and that, like I said, the combat's kind of complex. Um, all the, all the different controls they have to use. Like uh, for one of the ones, if you're about to get attacked, if you tap the left bumper, you turn into like this rubbery stuff to deflect an attack and kind of stun the enemy. Um, and then you know there's the dash button, so you can sprint around all, all you know as your heroes. Um, and then like while you're fighting, you have to do these different transformations, and you can do them with, either with the right stick, like um, for for the sword, for example, you you just push up on the thumbstick and. You know, it'll ex- as many heroes as you have. It'll extend it. You know, it'll make a giant, uh, a giant sword if you let it go for a while, or if you make a big circle, uh, it'll turn and it'll make a bigger fist. Or if you make a big, you know, uh, it's like a L shape, I guess, 
would be the best way to describe it if you if you draw that with the thumbstick and it'll make your gun but you can also use the touchpad to do that so okay if i'm doing something that needs to be a little more precise i'll do it with my finger on the touchpad because um, you can kind of control it a little easier than just you with the right thumbstick um, but yeah you have to kind of you know know what's going on and and the the chaos of the battles like there's so much so much going on on, on the screen then you have to kind of you have to kind of uh know you know plan out what you're going to do and and do your transformations you know as as the 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 opportunity presents itself but i really like it so far yeah. i'm very very impressed with it and for what it was like 20 23 it's a great value oh yeah so it looks I, wacky. It is wacky, Corey. I don't know if you'd like it or not. Uh, you can borrow mine when I'm done with it. Yeah. Um, but it's it's fun. I guess it has co-op. I haven't tried the co-op. I don't know what what you would do for co-op, but it's uh it's pretty pretty sweet game. I think I've made it through the first like two or three levels. Boss fights are really awesome too. Yeah, they are right. Uh, I did one where you're like you get put onto the arm of this giant robot, and you have to like you have to beat up the he's got like these little glowing bulbs on his thing i don't know if they're like energy whatever uh but you have to beat those up but he'll let you know notice and turn on you and just fire this blast at you which you have to dodge and then you know it's it's chaos but it's so much fun there's a lot going on yeah there's a lot going on like i said it's kind of i don't know if it's marketed to be a kid's game but it does look and feel a little bit like a kid's game but it's definitely i'm playing on easy too and it's pretty hard yeah um it's it's definitely uh difficult and i've I've heard that uh platinum games is kind of known for their complex control schemes they're the ones that are doing the bayonetta yeah or that do the bayonetta series so that's kind of why i wanted to get my feet wet with a plat i don't think i've ever played another platinum game so i wanted to give it a give it a shot before i before i played bayonetta but yeah so far so good i'm really liking that i play that during the day uh usually when my daughter takes her nap and i make my son watch the ipad so he doesn't make a lot of noise and wake her up so that's when i'll play that's when i'll play the wonderful 101 nice or whatever game it you know 3ds games too um, did you put on adventure time for max yet no i haven't i will maybe I will. maybe yeah give me a year you know maybe yeah. he's another year older he'll appreciate it yeah and i'll appreciate it too oh you love it so yeah, that's this all. This game looks crazy. It looks unlike anything I've ever seen. Well, it it, it plays like on uh, like nothing I've ever played. I like it's that. All, it's awesome. Yeah. That, well, that that's just it. I want I want to play. Uh, I, I'm I'm tired of the same old games, you know, with with different skins. So I wanted something different, which is why I went with the wonderful 101. It's like as you said, knack with the morphing of stuff and Pikmin a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit like yeah, yeah, Pikmin is a, is a good example too. It it is a little bit like that. With the the management of yeah, the heroes or whatever. Yeah, cuz you you kind of find heroes as you go along in the game. Uh but you also collect like citizens from, you know, the the town that you're saving. I think I can't remember what it's called. It's been a while. It, it, do, yeah. it doesn't matter, but yeah, you, you kind of rescue the citizens and they get they get kind of conscripted into your your group of heroes. Yeah. Um, which is neat. And like I said, I've only unlocked three of the morphs. I think there's five or six, maybe more. Uh, and that's just weapons ones. Like there's a glider one that you can use. There's a, like to access harder areas, you can, you know, uh, extend them into a ladder or, uh, 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 like a rope bridge and stuff. Like it's, it's got quite a bit going on for it. Yeah. It was a lot of fun when I played it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Hard though. Yeah. (laughs) Very hard. But that's the appeal to it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So yeah, that's what I played. Will, what do you got for us? I beat a game. Hey, welcome. Hey, Diablo two. 
Well done. Diablo 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That game was hard. I don't want to hear it. I uh, left off an act. I think it was five last time I talked on the podcast. And I got uh, to the final area. I don't remember what it was called, but I was fighting Bale, who was the Act 5 boss. And to get to him, you had to fight off Okay, sorry about that, folks. We had some technical difficulties. We had uh, deafening static come in for whatever reason over our our recording, so we had to we had to fix it. Um, I think we're good now. I think I'm gonna cut the laptop right out of the equation and just do everything from my desktop. Yeah. From now on, I think that'll make things easier. I think I think Corey agrees. The the audio quality is quite a bit better, and video quality is better. So I think this is what we're gonna do from now on. Yeah. My laptop will be a dedicated Steam in home streaming machine, so that works for me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Will, you were talking about Diablo 2. Tell yeah. us about it. Yeah, Diablo 2. So I was in Act 5 at the end. I was about ready to fight Bale, and in order to get to Bale, uh, I, you have to kill off these... There's, like, five waves of enemies, and each wave represents the different acts in the game. So, like, the first wave will be enemies from Act 1 that you fought frequently, and then, like, so on through them. I got to the Act 5 wave, and I almost quit playing because the there's the named enemy at the, like the, for the, like that leads the group was probably harder than the final boss of the game. Oh really? It was. It's called Lister the Tormentor. I remember it because of how much destruction and how anguish much, it caused how, me. How much torment? It's tons. <laughs> my, like my play style for the game, as I said, was to have my have skeletons warrior skeleton mages and a golem fight so i had 10 different things fighting it at once and it was doing very little damage and the enemy was a named enemy and what the abilities it had is whenever it did damage it took the damage that took and gave it to him himself so basically like i'd see the bar go down a little bit and then he'd get full health again it just went back and forth, and I was just getting so frustrated. And it was late at night, and I was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. But luckily, I was able to separate the rest of the enemies so I could kill them off one by one so I could get them by himself. And I just stood there and waited and waited and waited until... Because he wasn't killing my enemies, but he was taking the life away from uh, my guys a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just enough to heal them up. And eventually, I got him down and killed him. And I was like, oh. And it was like, one... I started fighting Bale, and it was... I got him to, like, pass the L on his health bar, so I was like, whatever, I'm just gonna go to bed. So I, you know, kept my computer on, kept the game on, and I woke up the next day and got on and beat it. And he wasn't that hard. Diablo was probably way harder to fight in that game. But, uh, yeah, I've never beat that game by myself, so that was a good achievement for me. Well done. And that game's hard. There's some really hard parts to it. That was just how I played it. The bosses were hard because of the the summonings I had to do, but like everything else, though, was pretty easy because I didn't actually have to participate in combat. I could just run and heal when I needed to do. Like that's what, I, and that's all I did. So, even though I wasn't active for most of the game, I still, you know, mm-hmm. you know, got lucky. So then I started playing Diablo three a little bit on Xbox, both or uh, P- PS4. I yeah, mean. PS4. I did both. I started a character. On uh, the PS4, I started a wizard because that was my favorite class. And then I started a hardcore character with my friends on the PC, and I'm playing as the monk currently. And we're an act... I For the PS4, I only got, like, into the cathedral part for the first time. So it's in the very, like, beginning, like, the first, I don't know, half an hour, maybe. Uh, but for the hardcore character that I'm doing, we're in act two towards the end. So we're doing some... 
you know, we're flying through it, doing some damage. I have not been close to dying yet, because that game's really easy on the first difficulty. But uh, having a lot of fun. I've also played a little bit as my wizard on the PC, too. That's, like, level 57, so I have a lot of stuff for that, and I've just been messing around with that. But uh, I was, I've been bored, so I've been reading up on Diablo lore, because you know how the story for Diablo 3 isn't that good? Mm-hmm. But I was doing research on, like, the events before the Diablo games and, like, reading about the story behind Diablo 1, Diablo 2, and getting into 3. I'm actually pretty interested in the story, because you know how you're into the Lord of the Rings and yeah. people who are into Halo and stuff like that? I'm actually kind of like in the Diablo lore it's kind of interesting to me I just like the whole angels and demons fighting and having wars and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and the Reaper of Souls like story behind it with the angel who you know left heaven to come down became corrupt like that stuff like it all fascinates me Yeah. so I'm pretty interested in that but the other thing that I've been playing the most of besides Destiny which I won't talk about is NHL 15 that game I've never been more angry or and happy in my life at the same time. Basically, I'm not going to talk about any of the missing features because I haven't done any of that. I've just been playing online. Mm-hmm. I've played... My record right now is 5-7-2 online. Yes. Now, four games online have disconnected and counts as a loss for me. Two of them were going in overtime. The other two were in the beginning of the game. And I get a loss for that. First of all, so that was I'm pretty upset that I have four losses where I may not have gotten them. Yeah. Uh, so that upsets me quite a lot. When that that's the bad part about it, I don't think that's fair. I shouldn't get a loss for EA and my internet connection being terrible. Right. I don't think. Right. But whatever. But when things are going wrong in that game, they can't go much more wrong. And when things are going good, you uh, you can't be happier. I'm not used to playing an NHL game with the momentum skating. That often, the first one that really had it was the one with Giroux on the cover. I think that was 13, maybe. Mm-hmm. I didn't play a lot of that one, so I didn't really get to mess around with the skating, with the momentum, and how the players, you know, you don't just stop on a dime like the old NHLs and be able to, like, you know, do circles around everybody easily. So this that's an adjustment for yeah. me to make. And the first game I played online, I lost 4-0. I got destroyed. Oh. I was not... I don't know. There was a little latency issues in the beginning, too, because my internet's been crappy lately. But after, like, the first period, that, like, went away and stuff, and everything played smoothly. But as I said, just, like, the latency, or that the, the momentum skating is the biggest thing I have to get used to, because I skipped NHL last year that had that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hitting in that game, it's crazy. If you're the Kings or the Bruins, whatever angle you're at, you will knock down whatever player who has the puck. And I don't like the Bruins at all, really, and I don't have anything against the Kings, but it's kind of frustrating to play them online because they're so, I don't want to say overpowered, but they're tough to play against because they're head, they can just take out anybody so easily. I was playing against somebody, I was actually San Jose, and I was playing against a Bruins guy, and he was trying to, uh, he was leading at the end of the game, and he was, you know, keep playing keep away, basically, and I was getting really frustrated so I hit his goalie actually, actually by accident, and he was out of position, and I was able to score a goal, <laughs> and they counted it. Nice. So that and that's actually one of the games I ended up getting disconnected. So maybe I did deserve that loss, but uh, I don't know. It's just a very frustrating game, and also a game that makes me very happy because when I win and I play well, I'm really happy. But when I lose, I'm throwing stuff and punching things. Yeah. <laughs> Like the couch. I'm just oh, like, yeah. God dang it, and I'm punching it. But it's so frustrating. I hear you. And uh, it's just like and it, hockey is the one thing I like love the most, and I want to be the best at it. And mm-hmm. I'm just not not doing so well right now. 
But I'm actually getting used to it now, and I've probably, after the first, I probably lost the first two games legitimately without my internet, and since then I've won probably a majority of my games. I play really well as, like, the Rangers in San Jose and Dallas online. Those are the three that, like, I usually win when I play. I don't know. I've won three or four games as the Rangers. Nice. Yeah. I don't know. Although there's going to be a lot more NHL talk because yeah. for whatever reason, as mad as I get and I put Destiny in for an hour or two, I'm always like, I should play a game of NHL. <laughs> go back to it. Yeah, and I go right back to it. It's frustrating. Mm. And I'm not even going to bother with most of the other stuff in that game because it's not there. Right. As I said, I was surprised the alternate jerseys were in the game. Yeah. Surprising. Surprising. So, yeah, that's that's NHL. There's, you know, the gameplay is just really good. It's mm-hmm. just, I don't know. It's fun, I guess. Okay. $60? Uh, with all the missing stuff, no. Yeah. I don't... I, the missing stuff is just wrong, I think. Yeah. But, whatever. I want it... As I said, the reason for me getting it... And normally, with all that stuff gone, I would not have gotten it, but I haven't played an NHL game in a while, and I really wanted to play one on the new consoles, so... That's why I got it. Okay. What about you, Corey? What do you got for us? I haven't played much of anything in the last four weeks. Last weekend, I got about 30 minutes in of Divinity Original Sin. Uh, And in my travels, I played a little bit of Worms Armageddon 2 on my tablet. Um, That game's really frustrating, very hard, (laughs) and I'm not sure I care much for it, but it was the one thing I had on my tablet that I kind of wanted to play. And I got far enough where I'm like, well, I should try and beat this game at some point so i was just kept forcing myself to play it but it got to a point where i just stopped having fun with it and i'm like ah this is stupid yeah why bother uh, but worms works fairly well on a tablet sometimes it's frustrating when you tap something you shouldn't have and then all of a sudden you lose your turn and it's like ah crap and then it causes you to lose the level that you spent the last five minutes trying to beat Ugh. Um, that can get frustrating but uh the last worms i played was back on like Atari or something like that. Like it was forever ago. I don't know if there was one on Atari. Maybe NES. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they're they were they've been around for a while. Um, but what a great concept for a game. I I really enjoy the the mechanic um, of Worms. But uh, yeah, Worms Armageddon Two is just I don't know. I don't know. Not nothing to write home about. Okay. But that's Anything really else? no. I have nothing to talk about. Good work. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back with feedback and, uh, like, roundtable type of stuff right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 130, 130, 160, yeah, 164 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. We are now in our feedback section. Um, again, we're having some audio issues, but hopefully they'll be resolved when the, when the recording goes up, right? Here we go. Of course. Uh, Idaho Jake says, Hey guys, sitting in my hotel room watching the Raven Steelers rivalry game. I get go home tomorrow so I can finally play destiny. Yes. Now I liked the old Lord of the Rings games that came off with, uh, or they came with, after the movies, two t- oh came with the movies, the two towers uh, was my favorite of the movie series. But War of the North was great. Happy birthday, Dan, and keep on keeping on. So, two towers uh, is is Jake's vote for best Lord of the Rings game. Um, 
Do we want to pick a best Lord of the Rings game? Uh, I think I'd, that's... Pro- I'd probably have to go with um online. Yeah, Latro, Lord of the Rings online. I think I'm of, with you of the Lord of the Rings games that I've played. I do plan on playing War in the North. Maybe I'll try and get that played before before Shadows of Mordor comes out. It's deceptively yeah. long. Yeah. yeah, I think I read it was like 17 hours, but if you try to do a lot of stuff, it's 30. I yeah. think that was closer to 30. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Mine for right now is War in the North, but I think my favorite one has yet to come out. Yeah, I'm hoping Shadow of Mordor is my favorite. I, I'm hoping too. Although I do really want to try that, uh, The Hobbit. Yeah, that could be. It seems awesome. That could be the one that comes out. Yeah, like I said, they should put that out on on uh, mobile mobile devices, especially with the Hobbit. Just like the movies coming out, yeah, perfect time. Yeah, definitely. Although I don't know if old text adventure. Well, they have cult following. Yeah, old text adventure games, and they're starting to make it come back a little bit nowadays. That's what the uh, a dark room is, right, Corey? It sure is text, text adventure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's all we have for feedback. Let me double check Twitter. Uh, we got a Facebook message. Oh, do we? We sure do. Uh, a late ad. Let me call it up here. I wasn't. Pre- I wasn't prepared. I thought we had more feedback than just the that's, one. That's Tito's uh, for question of the week. Oh, it's just question of the week. Yes. Oh. God, Corey. I think that was all the feedback we had. I don't think there's anything on Twitter. Well, nope. okay. No, let's go. You want to get to the question of the week? Yes. The. Okay. Go ahead, Dan. No, you go ahead. No, you, you go ahead. It. You read the. Unless you want me to do it. Yeah, I'll go ahead. It. I'm not prepared. Okay, so the, the question of the week uh, was something that people have been asking for for a while, and I just figured, sort of last minute, I'll just throw this up here and, and run with it. Um, question of the week for this week is what video games do your parents like and i'll explain why i asked this question in a minute but uh valerie on facebook writes in saying the only game my parents would ever play with me was wheel of fortune on the original nintendo um i think i play this and i think i like this game if i remember that's my, correctly that's my wife right yes okay dan's wife yeah my wife dan you don't have to spoil the magic for the first time <laughs> listeners sorry it's <laughs> Uh, but anyway, okay. I, I I feel like I I've played this uh, fairly recently and enjoyed it. Maybe I'm thinking of the Jeopardy game. I don't remember. No clue. Uh, but that's funny that Wheel of Fortune was the game. Dennis writes in, uh, no relation to Dan. Dennis writes in. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma always liked watching people play Super Mario Bros. I think she even played it a couple times, leaning and coaxing Mario over the big jumps. <laughs> nice. We all know that leaning helps in yep. old school video games. <laughs> I used to uh back in the old days of like the first Mario, whenever I would jump over a tall gap, I would I would take the controller and I'd I'd fling it up like this, like like a like you would with a Wii controller. Yeah. Thinking that thinking that, you know, doing this motion, you know, the jumping over motion would help. Obviously it didn't, but uh in my head it did. So That's all that matters. Exactly. Placebo. Uh, Super Mario Bros. is a good one. I remember our mother playing that one way back in the day. Yep, she beat the first Super Mario Brothers, which is a gaming feat I've never had. Nor have any of us, for that matter. I don't think so. And to go back and try and beat it now, it's pretty freaking hard. It is. We have it on the Wii U. Game's very hard. 
it's it, it's extremely difficult. And if you run out of lives, you're dead and and the game's over. So, got to cheat. I don't know if I don't know if I have that fortitude game nowadays. Genie. If you beat a game with a game genie, does it count for a beaten games list? No, because uh, I could have hacked Diablo too and beat it in a day. Right, <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, how you went back and played Diablo two is still beyond me. It's still kind of popular. Yeah, no, it's more. It's not more popular than three, but like a lot of people still play it a lot, and they think Diablo three is horrible. <laughs> yeah. I, those are the people I don't understand, but. Um, Alright, moving on. Other Valerie on Facebook says, My mom plays a lot of puzzle games, and she loved Tetris when she was younger. My dad has played a lot of free PC golf games, but otherwise they are not really gamers. Uh, That sounds a lot like our parents, honestly. Uh, The old lady loved Tetris back in the day, um, and the old man played Jack Nicholas Golf with us. Yep, on Nintendo. (laughs) On Nintendo. Those were the days. Yeah, and uh, Blades of Steel, too. Blades of Steel was another one for for our old man, for sure. Um, Blades of Steel still holds up. I don't know if you guys have played that recently. but I haven't played it recently, but I can imagine it would still hold up. It's good fun. One of the hockey podcasts I listened to, uh, Merrick vs. Wyshynski. Yeah. Wyshynski was talking about Blades of Steel on on one of the episodes. (laughs) Yeah. It was was their most recent one, I think. Uh, Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I think it was the most recent now that you mention it. Yeah, it was Monday. Um, Thomas writes in, my mom, my mom's a level 36 on Skyrim, I think, bought her her own Xbox for Christmas, and she loves it. That's impressive. That is impressive. She got to a higher level than I did. That is a gaming mom. Yeah, because Skyrim is not, uh, it's not an easy pick up and play game. It's pretty deep. There's a lot going on in it. It's not, uh, it doesn't lend itself to, uh, you know, new. I don't know if she's a new gamer or not. Who wrote this in? Thomas. Thomas. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's um, impressive. Yeah, and the thing about Sky, like my girlfriend likes uh, Kingdoms of Amalur, but mm-hmm. even that's a little more directed. Like Skyrim, you kind of gotta find your way. Yeah, which I could see <laughs> getting getting frustrated for people who aren't familiar with games. So I don't know. That's, maybe, that is that is awesome. Maybe yeah, Thomas's mom is a seasoned gamer. Who knows? Yeah. Ooh, we should get her on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Evan writes in NHL. I don't know anything yeah. about that. Will? Yeah. Um, I used to play NHL at his house a lot, and his dad would often watch and play. So, nice. yeah. The newer NHL games, right? The, yeah. Like, you know. It was like 09. Okay. Uh, 09, 11. It's like, it was those ones, the the real good ones. 11 is still my favorite. <laughs> yeah. He witnessed very, he witnessed a couple meltdowns. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not from me, but, right. but uh, yeah, he went, he witnessed some stuff oh, during, okay. during that game. Um, very nice. And then we have a message from Tito. Tito's answer to our question of the week is my dad used to play Bugs Bunny Birthday Blowout for Nintendo and actually beat it. He also liked the old PC games like the Pong type game where you clear blocks. Oh, what was that called? Oh, it's not going to come to me. That like the old arcade game? Yeah, it was it was the Pong ba- right into the blocks. Okay. Uh it, I've seen that in like a ton of arcades. Yeah, I can't think of the name of it. Nor can I. It's going to bother me. He was really good at that back in the day and also played a computer pinball game called Crystal Caliburn 
that I was addicted to. Uh, I wonder if that's anything like Crystal Castles. You remember that game? Yeah. That game was great. Crystal Castles. Um, I know, my mom never cared for them, but she thought Shadow of the Colossus looked cool when she saw me playing it. Her words, it looks like a movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Um, thank you for writing in, Tito. And then we had yeah. on Twitter, uh, does Computer Solitaire count from Michael, Mnels87? It sure does. It does, because, because our mom <laughs> plays that a lot. Oh, yeah. And she gets upset when the computer restarts and screws up her game of solitaire yeah i don't know the exact number of games she played but i remember when me and dad saw that we were shocked oh, okay we're like holy crap yeah <laughs> so yeah it's it, a lot it definitely counts that's that's the only games uh, our parents play at all nowadays i don't think dad plays anything um but mom plays plays computer solitaire definitely yeah uh yeah, let me make just make sure I got everything before. There was there was one from Idaho Jake who On said, Twitter? "Yeah, who said to your question, none, they are old and stubborn." <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the answer most people would give. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the reason I made that the question of the week is I've been, I had to, I have had this on my phone for a very long time and I kept meaning to read it uh because it's sort of moving and it's sort of it's I actually read it on it was on Reddit like months ago, but then uh, fairly recently some publications picked it up. It might have been like a Kotaku post or something like that. But uh, this was written by, I'll give you a dramatic reading of it, or not so dramatic reading of it, depending on how you look at it. But this was from Zero Zero War the War the Rapey. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his <laughs> name. but uh, Rappy. Yeah, or, yeah. Maybe, Rap, Rappy. Or, or maybe Wart Her Apey. Zero Zero, I don't know. It's all in how you split up the syllables. Uh, and, and this person writes, well, when I was four, my dad bought a trusty Xbox. You know, the first ruggedy, blocky one from 2001. We had tons and tons of fun playing all kinds of games together until he died when I was just six. I couldn't touch that console for ten years. But once I did, I noticed something. We used to play a racing game, Rally Sports Challenge. Mm, love that game. Actually, pretty awesome for the time it came. And once I started meddling around, I found a ghost. Literally. You know when a time race happens that the fastest lap so far gets recorded as a ghost driver? Yep, you guessed it. His ghost still rolls around the the track today. And so I played and played and played until I was almost able to beat the ghost until one day I got ahead of it. I surpassed it, and I stopped. Right in front of the finish line, just to ensure I wouldn't delete it. Bliss. Wow. That's pretty pretty amazing. That is amazing. That is very intense. And I actually... Gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah, it was... uh, I think I got teary-eyed the first time I read it, but uh, that could have just been the dust in the room. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you were cutting onions at the time. Um, but this is one of the th- like when I was playing Tamodachi Life, and I had you know all the people I love and care about in this game. Like, I had a really hard time deciding whether to trade it in or not because it's just like a capsule of your life, and like these people with these very real personalities and stuff. And that's like that's an even more real example of the you know the ghost car in Rally Sport Challenge. Um, and I hesitated before I traded it. I ultimately decided to trade it in because I didn't an- <laughs> I didn't anticipate anybody close to me, you know, dying in the next few years. But uh, yeah, I was I was very moved by that, and I just thought it would be nice to share with with people who weren't familiar with it. Yeah, that's yeah, wow. that's cool. I get that though. That was a great that was a great game. Yeah. That was one of, my, one of my favorite games back in the day. Okay. 
Any other thoughts? Nay. Nah. Uh, as I said, next week will be our Destiny episode. Uh, after that, I'm sure we'll probably end up doing a FIFA episode. Um, you know, FIFA's huge, so we'll probably do a FIFA episode. Um, Shadows of Mordor is coming up. I want to get a schedule. Uh, I have to look at the look at the calendar for the next couple months and see if I can get a schedule figured out of, of the games that are coming out that, that we want to cover. So I'll get that up as soon as I get get the opportunity. I'm still trying to catch up on blog posts. It's hard because any you know when I when I finally get time to play or to free time period is I I go start playing Destiny. You know it's hard to catch up on podcast work when I have, I have video games to play, you know? Amen to that. So. I just want to start playing video games again. The only thing I've had to talk about was Divinity for, like, the last two months. Right. You sound like me. <laughs> oh, but nice. just as a reminder, I'll I'll probably be streaming tomorrow night and Saturday uh, okay. morning into afternoon. Sounds good. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, we're also trying to figure out our um our our second life stream situation. Oh yeah. Yes. We're going to we're going to do we're going to do a team like we did last year. Um you know, you you're welcome to join or donate whatever whatever you feel like doing. Uh we'll iron out the details, but I think we're going to split it amongst us. We're going to each do 24 hours in succession, so it'll be the, you know, the initial day and then the few, you know, a few days after after the initial day. Um, so we can all uh, have our 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 chance in the spotlight, right? Sure. <laughs> um, uh, that way, too, we can kind of play games with each other. I would like to start. I screwed up last time. Last time I started at like noon or something like that. Uh, like you, Dan, I want to start at like six a.m. or five a.m. or something. So you know, I get a good night's sleep, wake up a little bit early, uh, but then I only have to play until five a.m. the following morning or whatever, and right. then I can go to bed. Right. And get five hours of sleep or something, wake up at 10 and be okay. Yeah. I think I started mine at like, because it's 25 hours, right? Isn't it usually when the clock changes? And that's. I think so. I think it's 25 hours. And I, I, I didn't do it on that day. I did it maybe the next weekend after the, the big, the you know, the big event. And right. I, I think I started at like 10 at 10 in the morning. And I went until 11 o'clock the next morning. And that last. Well, actually, once the sun came up, it was a lot easier, but, mm-hmm. um, like, three to six was re- really hard. Brutal. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I nodded off a couple times, but yep, um, it was a lot of fun. I look forward to I can't wait to do it this year. Like I said, we'll, we'll be posting details about about our team and, and whatnot, so. What I, don't, what's that? I was going to say, don't be hungover this time. That's why you started at noon. Yeah, uh, yeah you're, right. you're right. You had to stop playing Dead Island because you were getting spins or whatever. Yeah, I was, I was getting nauseous. But the, <laughs> that's one of, the, one of the things I love about it, Dan, is just going off that bit about you saying how you're nodding off and it's really hard is you you, you end up playing some weird games that you probably wouldn't yeah. have played otherwise. Like I started playing Oregon Trail. <laughs> turns out I really loved that game and had a great time with it, but it was yeah. it was the only thing that I felt stimulated enough by to like stay awake and keep playing. <laughs> Yeah, you start going through your library. You're like, okay, what what can I play to keep me awake? And and my, my game that got me through the 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 graveyard hours was uh, Chivalry: Medieval yeah. Warfare, a game I never would have I never would have played. It, was, it ended up being awesome, and it carried me through until sun came up, and I I started to feel a little bit better. Wow! But <laughs> I, I I even like well Crusader Kings I tried 
uh, that was it's slow, you know, like it's just menus and, and a map and, and pleasant music. So I was falling asleep during that. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I I think I tried Borderlands, but I was a little too familiar with Borderlands. I wanted to play something I had never played before. Yeah. So I had to think, you know, think about it. Um, that's when I fired up Chivalry Medieval Warfare. Need copious um, amounts of energy drinks. Yeah, I had some energy drinks. I, I had brought my coffee pot down here. Um, it helps. Yeah, but you, you know, you get to a certain point and nothing helps at yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so that was fun. Go on ahead. the side, and, and maybe we can just talk about this off air. But we should talk about a guy's weekend again. Yeah, That's I definitely want to do that. Yep. Didn't we do it in October last year? I think so. Yeah, uh, or was it early November? It, no, it was the end of September, early October. Was it? I thought it was later on in the year because I thought my wife was closer to having the baby, and I was worried that I might miss it because of the no be- baby came early. Because I remember it was homecoming at Newark Valley, and I was at the football game. That's why oh, I was late. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll have to plan that out too. All right. Any other thoughts? No. All right. Well, that'll do it for episode 164 of Thumbstack Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. Will. Corey. Thanks for listening, and get out of my basement. One, two, three.